Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode of the Luke Branquino Show is brought to you by Cinch Jeans. Cinch. Lead. Don't follow. I don't think people have any idea how funny Tyler Wagaspak actually is. Uh, and he's, I shouldn't be giving him credit right now, but he's super Definitely doesn't witty, need any credit. But no. in his interviews, you would never know That's that. That's called being a smartass. <laughs> well, I was trying to be politically correct on the Cowboy <laughs> Channel, but thank you. No, you could say, I think you could say ass, right? Can we say? I hope anyway. so. <laughs> Live from the NFR. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, catch up on all the old episodes, and check out the latest. You're going to like it. Welcome to the Luke Branquino Show. I want to hit Sioux Falls because this was something, and he was supposed to be on the stage with us, Rory Limmel, which he's arguing with the WPRA about groundworking now. And, you know, that's a whole bigger can of worms. We're, we're not going to open up right now. Um, but Sioux Falls was kind of your guys' baby. The final rodeo of the season. Let's showcase these athletes, see who can we get in the top 15. Yeah, it, honestly, if we could call it anything, it was a labor of love. We put a whole lot of effort into that for a lot of years, Trish trying to think of what was going to work the best and working with the PRCA. Um, Sioux Falls was the spot for it because the governor of South Dakota came on largely, and uh, Rory plays a huge role in every production that we do. Couldn't do it without him, but uh, the state of South Dakota really stepped up, and once that door opened, it was kind of just gangbusters on putting on this production that could change the entire season. Well, it did, and we've seen it. It was funny watching it on the on the Cowboy Channel. You'd see a team that was maybe 17, and I'm using the team open right now because in the Bulldog, and there was a couple guys that had an outside chance. But in the team open, I think from 17th to 13th changed after the first round. Guys that were making the national finals after that first go-round dropped to 17th or 18th in the standings. So that's the impact that that rodeo has. Yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot before leading up to it, the kind of storylines that could come out of it. And I have to give Gary Yerrigan the credit because he talked about it yesterday. But we kind of hit a bunch of different storylines or scenarios that we played out. Luke Potter really needed to win to get to the finals, and he didn't at Sioux Falls. Mason Clements really needed to win, and he did, and made it into the finals. And we talked about it. If somebody clean swept them at Sioux Falls, they could win close to $46,000. And Emily Beisel walked away with 43000 in the Ram Top Gun Award. And so we kind of, you saw all those things play out. And it was, I mean, for us, kind of a dream come true. We were trying to culminate all of those things and give those opportunities. So for them to come to fruition for some of those athletes, we knew there was going to be some broken hearts. But we also got to see some people's dreams come true when they're putting a back number on here. Well, building those stories for the sport of rodeo is huge, not only for the athletes, but for the fans to kind of get a storyline of what, what everybody's done up to that point. And now one rodeo, one shot, you better get it done. And in the steer wrestling, there was two guys. I think Kyler Dick was one and uh, Tristan Martin was the other one. And Tristan about pulled it off. I think he ended up splitting second and third and had to win second by himself. And he came from nowhere. He got enough points to get qualified to Sioux Falls. But then he came from nowhere as far as getting, I think he ended up 16th or 17th, somewhere around there, by not very much money. So 
again, the impact that rodeos had. And we see it throughout the playoffs, you know, the two before that. But it, it's, it was very cool to watch. Wait, Kyler Dick is a great example, too, because he came from Puyallup and got in off some qualifications that other people turned out or didn't get in. And he was a wild card. And had he have had a better week in Sioux Falls, he could have made the finals. He was 34th before Puyallup started. Um, so those storylines, I mean, to think about that, but even with Tristan, what we really talked about, if you end up 16th, 17th, but you got to go to Sioux Falls, we all want everyone to make the finals, but you still walk away with a pretty hefty paycheck at the end of the season. And that makes a difference for the diesel bill the next year as you're going into it. Well, this just in, I got a text from, you know, uh, first of all, thoughts and prayers go out to the UNLV, the students that got lost their lives in the shooting. Um, you know, such an unfortunate deal that happened yesterday. Um, here at the Luke Pranquino Show, like I said, our thoughts and prayers go out. But the PRCA, you know, you, you see so much on social media. Hey, we're canceling the, the first performance. And everybody going out there going, well, that's crap. I got my tickets. Well, you know what? Somebody just lost a family member. You know, it's, it's, that's a hard pill for me to swallow to see those, those, uh, those comments like that. But I just got word. I don't know if it's out there or not. But 10 rounds at the national finals. They will be having 10 rounds. Not sure the exact timing of it, if it's going to be a Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, Sunday afternoon. So great for the athletes um, to be able to have that 10th round that they're going to go ahead and move on with it. So um, anyhow, just a little news, yeah, that that came in via my text message. Um, But, you know, we talk about social media and the impact it has had, because when I first started rodeo, and I don't even, I was talking about that yesterday, I think there was MySpace, (laughs) and people had Nokia phones. What's that? I think I was in high school then. Yeah. <laughs> Were you in grade school? But yeah, I had a Nokia phone. I played the hell out of that snake game on it. I was really good at it too. But, uh, you know, social media has played a big role in, in a lot of these sponsors and, and getting words out there on new stuff too, right? Yeah, it's played a huge role and it's given athletes an opportunity. If you honestly learn and do it right, you can earn some money off of it too, uh, the way that professional athletes do. But uh, there's a few groups that we work with and there's a lot that are trying to teach these guys, but... Uh, the Western Sports Foundation is one. They're putting on these seminars, and it's if you can pay yourself to get there, it's free to come in and learn. And we try to go in there and talk about kind of what those effects of social media are and what those companies are looking for. And we're trying to teach them in you know, their high school, college age so that they can take those lessons as they get into their professional career and kind of put it to work. Because you're right, it, it was completely different. I remember the contracts when I first started was like, maybe make a post about us actually it talked about mentioning us if you get a chance to be on camera there was nothing about social media and so as you evolve into it the kind of opportunities that it brings for us companies to get exposure based on what you guys have in a following of fan base and what rodeo can do in general i mean the cowboy channel has put us on so many stages and given us way more eyeballs than we ever had before and so trying to use that for the betterment of just our industry in general and grow it and now it's time for ask luke One of our viewers had a question. Are the kids happy in Texas? Stay tuned for the answer. Watch the show and I'll give you the answer towards the end. Yeah, for sure. And we talk about learning how to use social media. Fortunately, my wife is an expert at it and has taught me a lot. And if it's a really, really, really good post, it's probably because she did it for me. So I I have her to thank for all my followers. Really, I do. Thank you. She's back there just smiling at me. Um, but more so for me, media training. And when I was, got picked up by the U.S. Army in 2004, that was a requirement. We had to fly, and I remember we went to Washington, D.C. and met a lot of the generals and everybody, all the high-ups. But we had to get media training, which was huge. 
you know, I, I, honestly, I don't know that I'd be on this stage. I wouldn't be doing broadcasts. I wouldn't be doing any TV work if I hadn't got that media training, which I still feel like I'm not very good at it and still learning. But I, I feel like that's something else every athlete should have to go through. Yeah, 100%. Because these girls on the Cowboy Channel do a fantastic job, but sometimes it's like pulling teeth to get some words out of Cowboys. And there's only so many things some of them can say to describe a ride or a run, but it's, uh, it's getting instrumentally important because they're putting you on a platform here where there are companies that want people that speak well and can present themselves well along with companies. And so they'd be surprised how far it goes to be able to speak well in an interview or any of those opportunities that are coming along here Uh the media training, it really doesn't take that much to go out and find some people that can help you with it and give you some tips and tricks and just kind of present yourself well. Well, I know for me this year, I got to do uh, work with PBR, with PBR teams. And generally, I'm used to getting asked the question and answering it in that light, which is way, by the way, is way easier than um, asking a question because now I have to think of something to ask. I'm like, oh, this is going to sound so stupid. Fortunately, I had a great producer, uh, Jason Jaquette, was awesome. He's like, here, ask this question. I had Creed Humphreys, the center for the Kansas City Chiefs. He was up on the back of the buck and shoots, and uh, they had named a bull after him anyway. I'm like, first of all, I feel like I'm a big guy behind the buck and shoots with all those little bull riders, and now I'm looking up at this man, like, oh, what am I going to ask him? And Jaquette gets mayor to ask him this question, and it rolled off like I knew exactly what I was talking about. Very much appreciated for that. Um, but just, no, learning how to ask the questions where – they're able to answer it. And that was tough for me because I would ask the question and then I'd answer the question with my question. So trying to figure out that was tough. And I'm glad that these athletes are starting to kind of figure out how to speak and talk in front of the cameras. Yeah. And I, I mean, I already complimented them. I'm going to say it again. The girls that do these interviews and are out here, I mean, they're beautiful, but they put a lot of work into it too, because of what you just said. It's kind of hard when you get a dud answer to go with another question and Obviously, we've all seen some interviews that you're like, oh, that guy doesn't speak very well. But the girls do a great job of pulling it out. But, I, yeah, it's funny. The thought process after an eight-second ride or a three-second run, also, it's way probably easier for you guys to come up with a short answer and then them have to come up with a question to go with it. And it's funny that, you know, I can remember competing and getting asked a question. And for, for us, it seemed like we would compete. Maybe I was first out, so I'd have the whole perf to, you know, think about it, settle down, calm down. But with the bull riding, it was like they'd ride their bull and they'd be 90 points. And then they're like, go get an interview. And I'm like, okay, because there's so much adrenaline. You say, well, how was that bull ride? And they're like, think, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. I rode him for eight seconds. But to get the emotion and get the feel of what they're actually feeling through their comment is, that's, it was tough for me. And like you said, those girls on the Cowboy Channel and, and those people that have know how to do it, it really helps the crowd get in, or the fans, I guess, kind of understand what they're feeling. Yeah, I would say that we are, I mean, selfishly, we get to know the athletes really well, and I always talk about that. If we're going to put together commercials or videos, that's what I want to do is pull their personality out of the endorsements yeah. that we get to know, because in that adrenaline rush after the ride, you don't really probably get the full personality that some of them have. Right. I don't think people have any idea how funny Tyler Wagaspak actually is. Uh, and he's, I shouldn't be giving him credit right now, but he's super Definitely doesn't witty, need any credit. But no. in his interviews, you would never know That's that. That's called being a smartass. <laughs> well, I was trying to be politically correct on the Cowboy <laughs> Channel, but thank you. No, you could say, I think you could say ass, right? Can we say? I hope anyway. so. <laughs> and now it's time for Ask Luke. One of our viewers had a question. Are the kids happy in Texas? 
I believe the kids are very happy here in Texas. Uh, thanks to Texas sports, Cade is loving football. Uh, they have him at uh, middle linebacker, outside linebacker, and tight end. He's absolute, absolutely enjoying it. Jameson also is enjoying football, not near as much as Cade, but he's enjoying it. The friends they've met and made have been phenomenal. And Bear is just Bear. He makes a friend with whoever will sit there and talk to him. So, yeah, they're enjoying it. They're loving it. They're learning a lot. Um, they're starting to kind of say y'all, but I'm really impressed with their yes ma'ams and no sirs. But anyway, yeah, he's he's very much a smart Heine. I guess we could do that. Uh, but no, he is witty, and he's like it's right off the cuff. He's he's really good at that. And you're no, you're exactly right. Getting that personality, and sometimes you kind of have to drag it out of them. But once you get it out of them, you're like, that's what we wanted. Same, and I mean, obviously, I say that about them being in front of the camera. I'm so secluded. Like being up here with you is super uncomfortable. But. Uh, those guys, they have such a good personality and I think it's what makes sponsors and all the fans and everybody want to be a part of this sport is getting to know that they're just good-hearted humans out here competing, trying to feed their family and raise their kids right and do that kind of thing. You just don't always get to pull that out of them and you never get to see it in their run. So they've got big opportunities just being able to speak to this kind of a crowd. Well, that's one thing I, I do love about social media and you know what you guys have done, the Cowboy Channel. Anybody that has started to put rodeo on TV or out there more on the channels, is showing the personal side of the Cowboys' life, not just in the arena, but on the outside, what you know, what their life is like outside the arena. And I feel like with what Cinch has done, you know, with, with videos and stuff like that, you guys have done a really good job trying to catch, capture those moments to show them to the fans. We do try to do that, try to step outside that box a little bit. But I'm going to brag on your wife again. I think she does a great job for you guys. It's part of what makes people want to be followers because you're just at home raising kids and, I mean, putting all the pieces together that everybody else is doing, they just don't get to see it all the time. But you have the gold buckles that you have and the recognition that you have, and people aspire to be that. And so giving them just a glimpse into your life that you're kind of living the same everyday life that they are, it just inspires people to want to come watch and follow and do all these things that we do. The Chronicles of Bear, I think, was something we need to, to put out there. Um, he, he's a real dandy. He's, he's got his mother's fire. We got to uh, laugh out of that one. Yeah, yeah. Coming to you live from the NFR, today's show is brought to you by Cinch. Lead, don't follow. Since 1996, the Cinch brand has been creating quality jeans and shirts for both in and out of the arena, making them a leader in premium Western clothing. Inspired by the attitude and values of cowboy lifestyle, the design and reputation of Cinch makes their clothing the leading choice for those who live and breathe the Western way of life. And they are a proud sponsor of the Luke Branquino Show. Uh, so somebody that we were supposed to have on the stage, Rory Limmel, he has been so instrumental in the sport of rodeo, but even be, before being part of Sanch Miller International, um, you know, his, what he's done in the rodeo industry, you know, as a contestant, as a contractor, um, as a producer, now, you know, doing everything he's doing with Sanch, what have you learned from him, if there's been anything? <laughs> I'm going to give him way more credit than I probably want to know. I, I owe in an extreme amount of credit to him. Uh, I think the whole rodeo world does, but uh, he, his perspective is probably what is so unique from going from, and you guys learn it after you get out of your competition phase, you got to start doing something else. So you're learning a lot more about bull riding and what those guys are going through. And when you were in the middle of your career, you would have never had time for that. Um, you start to learn a lot more about production and the TV elements and all those different things. And so I think he's taken all of those steps throughout life and he's, 
he's got such an instrumental piece in rodeo that people don't even have any idea about, but more so it's his perspective. He, he really tries to look at it from every angle because there's so many people involved and every single one of them is trying to earn a dollar on all the expenses going out. Well, and I, just to your point of his, him looking at all the angles, you know, and he's primarily a, a rough stock guy. Uh, I can remember having conversations with him before he was even part of the cinch family of, you know, what do we need to do to make it better from the time to an aspect of it? Because rodeo is a whole, it's rough stock. You know, you, you have everything to make a great rodeo. You have to have it all great. And Rory is really good. And even we joke about the meeting with WPRA, even the ground for the barrel races, it has to be good and safe for those girls to compete. And he is really good about doing that. And that's one thing I appreciate. And I think anybody that's ever worked with Rory understands that about him. I would agree with that. We, uh, we try to make as many phone calls as possible before decisions are made. They're never very quick. Uh, I think that's probably something hidden in all of rodeo production in general. Um, people who see the outcomes think that it was just some quick decision that maybe affected one timed event end or one rough stock end. And most of the time, those people took into account what it was going to affect, but you had to pick somewhere. Um, I think a lot of committees probably don't credit, get credit for how much they put into it and try to make it fair everywhere. Um, and they live and learn. We all got to learn from experiences. But he's, he has had a lot of rodeo experience, so I think that's probably what makes him unique. Time for some more rodeo trivia. In rodeo, what is the purpose of the flank strap on a bucking horse or a bucking bull? To hear the answer, you're going to have to stay tuned. Keep watching the show because I will answer it a little bit later. Again, we have Jessica Whaler, Director of Marketing for Cinch Shirts and Jeans. So when I first, I, it, Cinch 1996 was when Cinch came out with their first jeans. And I could remember, I, I'm jumping all over the place with this one, but I could remember uh, when I was a kid, I wore luckies and guesses. Like I didn't, I wasn't a typical Wrangler guy. In fact, Wranglers fit me horrible. No offense, Wrangler, I just didn't like them. But they might be a sponsor of the show one time, just joking. Um, so it was when Cinch first came out, I can remember because Rockies had been out already and everybody's like, oh, Rockies are making a girl guy jean. They're going to fit just like Rockies on guys. And, you know, as a high schooler, you're like, well, that's stupid. Why would they do that? But then I can remember seeing them like, those are pretty cool. And, and then my rookie year, Tiffany Cadwell, who I rodeoed with her husband, Trav, kind of got me set up. And so it's been, it, it, for me, it's been awesome. 1996, you guys have grown tremendously and again, we talk about you being in the marketing and taking, taking this to a whole new level. As an athlete, I appreciate that. Um, we're not going to go back into that because we did that earlier in the show. Uh, but I do want to ask you some of your favorite athletes that you've got to work with. And you don't have to say Luke Branquino. I get it if you, you know, <laughs> second favorite athlete, I guess. Uh, I get asked this question a lot, and I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I don't have uh, just specific favorites who I enjoy the most, and I am going to use you as an example. I'm going to use Shane Hanchi as an example, and Tilden, when he was a part of the team, we've had quite a few that once you get past your rodeo career or when you start to get where you think you're not going to compete full-time anymore, start to think about the other business aspects and how can you still benefit this sponsor when you're not in the arena and things like that and start to think about business avenues and doing what you're doing with PBR. Cade Swore is a good example of that, going yeah. on and doing other things that can expose the brand or pay back the brand that has supported you the whole time. And so I think relationships have grown stronger through those types of people who have gone into business. So there's certainly people that when the end of their career is here, they just kind of walk on, they know that they're done and they don't expect anything more out of us. But that relationship doesn't grow further on beyond that. Um, and I think some of you guys that 
have gone into business aspects after this and we get to start working on different things that aren't just you as an athlete being endorsed, uh, that's fun for me because we do that kind of business all the time. And so then you get to know each other on an even more personal level, right. uh, start to work with each other more in different aspects. Well, and, and you guys have done a great job, and I've got to you know, have conversations with you, call me and say, hey, what about this guy, and what about that guy, or this person, and, and I feel like I have been able to say, yes, this person will help you grow as a brand, this person is going to be about themselves, and I think you guys have done a really good job of nurturing those relationships with the contestants that are going to help you grow as a brand. And if you don't have those, you don't really have anything other than somebody wearing a, a logo on your shirt. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the brand ambassador side of it for us, if they're not going out and advocating for you, if they don't enjoy your brand or have a good relationship with you, they're not going to say good things about you. So uh, it's hands down a relationship uh, situation. And if you're not strengthening those all the time, then I don't think I'm doing my job right. Um, and somebody asked me, I don't know, the last time I was on a podcast, they asked me if I was, uh, if I'd ever cut somebody from the team and that I almost attest that to just the company. It was, I mean, this was a wave that I've getting to, I'm getting to ride now. People have done this long before I have, but, uh, I've never had to cut an endorsee. We've had some that have had some business decisions and we've gone separate ways at the end of a contract, but I've never had to hard cut anyone. And I think that's just to the relationships that we try to build. Well, you guys do, do you do that well, building the relationship, and then, like you said, if somebody's done rodeoing, you know, hey, thank you for being part of the team. We're, you know, we're going to go separate ways, and and it's always been a great relationship. And I feel like those athletes could call you up, say, hey, I'm going to a function, I need a pair of jeans, and you'd be like, no problem, you know, and help them out, which is huge, I think, for this industry because, like I said, I think there's some sponsors out there be like, wait a second, who are you again? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what is going on upstairs. I know I mentioned the bucking machine, um, rump chat. What, what all do you got going up? Cornhole, I think. There was cornhole last year, too. There is cornhole up there. Uh, yeah, we've got obviously the shopping experience, but we've got a little activation up there. We've got a bar in the booth. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> is it free? It's not free. But it's cheaper than going to a casino, probably. Yeah, and I don't think people always know that it's there. So when the lines stack up at these ones that are obvious, you just sneak up there and it's kind of tucked around a corner. Yeah, so you guys, everybody, if you get stuck in a line, go upstairs to the cinch booth because they do have a bar. It's not free, but it's cheaper than down here. So make sure you go up there. And the bucket machine. So you can not only get a drink, but take your kid to get on a bucket machine. And while they're in line, because those lines get to be a little long, you could enjoy your drink and just relax. And send mom or wife or someone over to shop. <laughs> See, it's all the plan. That's what I like about you guys. You always got a plan. There's <laughs> something for everybody to do up there. And uh, you get to sit back and relax a little bit. That's right. That's right. There's even a couch up there. I've been on it. <laughs> I think we did the show on it last year with Jenna Paulette, actually. Yeah. And the um, bareback riders. Were they bareback riders? Anyway, the wives of rodeo athletes. Anyway, um, that was a fun time. Also, let's talk about Gold Buckle Beer. Something you guys had started a few years ago. Uh, David decided to get a brewery, and, and we, here we got Gold Buckle Beer. And you also have like an ultra. So for people that me when I was heavy, I could drink a lower-calorie, no-carb beer. Well, you're not heavy anymore. You're skinny. It was all those ultras. All those, all those ultras. <laughs> That's not what they're called, though. What, are the, what no. are the light beer called? Gold Buckle Super Light. Super Light. Like me now. Super Light. <laughs> super Light Blue Label. We're going to rename you. Oh, speaking of blue labels, Jessica, which is the Carpenter Jeans. I know everybody loves the Carpenter Jeans. If you haven't tried them, I suggest you do because they're the most comfortable cinch jean out there. I had a gentleman in the airport yesterday morning. We're at the um, baggage claim. He's like, man, do they still make Carpenter Jeans? I'm like, 
Well, yeah, they make them get online and order them or go to the outlet in Fort Worth or in Denver. Uh, so he is going to go get some Carpenter jeans, by the way. Uh, we really should have been tracking the sales from Blue Labels from you from, I don't even know when you signed your first contract, early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah, we should have been tracking the sales. This I agree, time. And, and there's no telling, at least a thousand or two pair, I would say. Uh, when did you start the booty shake? Oh, man, that was in 2004, I think. They had to have spiked right around then. I guarantee you, yeah. <laughs> that blue label deal waving in the camera, it was amazing. That's what really, you know, Lindsay and I were just getting married right there in 2004, but that really pushed her over the edge of knowing that I was the one. <laughs> we got right? a laugh out of that one, too. <laughs> yeah, anyways. Uh, but the blue labels for me is comfort. Tell everybody why they are important to the industry, the blue labels, Jessica. <laughs> they're, they're not. They're not. I'm just they are. There's, so, there's a blue collar working guy that wants that gene. And they're more Midwestern, right? Like it's more the Midwest or are they kind of nationwide? I mean, kind of nationwide. If they weren't nationwide, we probably wouldn't keep it in the line. We like she you, said but we it, probably wouldn't make it just for you. She, uh, really? You did? The, 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 true story. What, 2000 and... Or U.S. Army days. Uh, were you there in 2000? No, Jessica, that's, again, she was still in high school. High school. Yeah. Actually, US... no, I was, yeah, high school. We don't need to worry about that. That's neither here nor there. Um, U.S. Army picked us up. Our outfit, our uniform was all black, like black pants, black hat, black shirt, which was not very fun in the summertime. Cinch was kind enough to make me 12, 15 pair of black carpenter jeans. I still have a pair. Do we still have a pair? Yeah, anyway, I think we still have a pair. Um, I, they don't, I don't fit in them anymore, obviously, but uh, I think those were... I, at that time, I was a rectangle, 38, 36. Now I'm more of a square, so... No, and, rectangle. Anyway, I'm skinnier, like that's that. the point. That's right. I'm a, not a sideways rectangle, I'm a vertical rectangle. That's right. You were always in fighting shape, you're just in a little different fighting shape. It just rotated. That's right. Powerful. Power, it is powerful. You know, I never thought when I retired I'd get skinnier. But I needed something to drive me, and that was working out. And I just wonder if I'd have done that when I was competing, if it would, my career would have just went any for, a little further. I doubt it. I, I think it. they say hindsight's twenty twenty. Hindsight on me used to be 38. <laughs> now it's a 34. So anyway, <laughs> is that, oh, you're talking about eyesight, not hindsight. Anyways, let's, let's get back to this. We're talking about your athletes. Who are your picks this year? Cinch, cinch athletes, obviously, at the national finals to win a world championship. This is going to get tricky. We have 56, including our breakaway rovers. Hear that? 56. Yeah, 56, uh, which we're extremely proud of that. Uh, we were working with Ted Harbin on some stories the other day, and he brought it up to me that I think 12 of our 56 already own gold buckles. Uh, and then there's quite a few that are coming back to defend those. Zeke Thurston, Tyler Wagaspack, uh, Caleb Driggers. Um, I think there's probably going to be no surprises in those categories. And I'm rooting for literally all 56. But whoever wins the gold buckle, you know that they put it in. I mean, obviously you have them. It, no matter who walks away with it, whether there are athletes or anyone else, I, I'm a true fan of rodeo. So I had to be cliche on you and not give you choices. But... <laughs> Uh, especially given the way that this week has started, it's going to take some mental game to yeah. go through this week and not uh, get stressed out or worried about you know the situation at hand. I can promise you, talking to those contestants yesterday, that was an extremely stressful situation for them. They were in the building. Um, so I think whoever comes out this week is just, it's going to be cool to watch because we're all kind of going through this unprecedented time at the NFR. 
Yeah, and, and together, you know, just like you said, from every aspect of it, you know, if they do do a round where there's two perfs on one day, that's a pretty big stress level, more so on the rough stock athletes because getting on two head of rank stock in, in one day is tough. But, uh, you know, even in the timed events, especially if something goes bad, I know for me, if something was a hurdle for me, I had 24 hours to get over it. Now, if it's, if it's the same day, you got to just, you got to forget about it and go to it. And, you know, you're right. That could be a, a, a big obstacle for some of these and mental game. And, you know, hopefully they'll, I'm sure they'll come through it just fine because they're professionals. That's right. If like they made are. it here. Yeah, that's, yeah. they made it here. And um, when we, t- <laughs> we talk about uh, making it here and what it go, what they go through. And I love like Bridger Anderson. We talked about you being part of the patch or getting sponsored patches sewed on and he showed up with what how many shirts that needed to be embroidered so you had to go find a <laughs> robin's gonna hate me we worked together on this it was a it was a good effort but it's good for these guys to have the sponsors and they you know they don't know how much time it takes sometimes to get you know all the shirts embroidered and ready to go and stuff and so he had a last minute sponsor come on board uh not last minute they just finally got to a deal and so we needed to get one logo on 14 shirts and i think robin and i started working on it I don't even know, 10 or 12 days ago, but they are done at the dry cleaners and he will look sharp. But what I, what amazed me is Bridger's usually like a way, he thinks way ahead of schedule, which I know he just picked up a new sponsor. But uh, when he said that, I'm like, damn, Bridger, you're slipping. (laughs) And good thing Jessica's there to pick up your slack. I am an enabler. Let's just admit that now. I'm an enabler and I like to solve problems apparently. So there's rarely a time that when they come to me with a challenge like that, that I can't figure it out because we have great resources around us and people who are willing to help. Uh, but yeah, that was a little bit of a challenge, but we did make it work. You, you are a problem solver because I could remember being here and saying, hey, I need some jeans. In fact, I was going to call you yesterday because I didn't have enough carpenter jeans. But I ended up finding some, so. Public service announcement to all the fans out there, you'd be shocked how many guys come to the NFR knowing how many days it is and don't even pack enough clothes to get here. Well, maybe they didn't have enough room in their suitcase if they pack like... Oh. Now it's Lindsay's fault again. (laughs) She's not even up here to defend herself. That's the best part. She did. I packed a bag. She said, can I put something in your bag too? I'm like, sure, I guess I have plenty of room. Stuff it in there. I do think the wives win an award, though, because I think I work with more wives sometimes than I do the endorses themselves. And between the two of us, we can kind of get it sorted out, make sure we're packed, got everything we need. Make, it, make sure they're looking sharp. Yeah. Huh. All right. Let's go back to looking sharp. Rory, Rory Limmel. Um, when I seen him last night, he did say he was going to try to be here, and obviously he's not. Uh, what, I, a lot of people ask me the question, what is his exact role? And I know we kind of talked a little bit about it, but what is his exact role as far as with Cinch? Yeah, so he's just a contract employee. We contract with him on production. Um, and that's anything from our uh, World's Toughest Rodeo Association. Uh, a lot of those events are back east. And then uh, the Cinch shootouts, those all started with him. Um, and we've kind of gone from that model into what Sioux Falls is. It was kind of an end goal of kind of adjusting once we got in with the PRCA and making something that worked. But 
he's a contract employee that is extremely wise in the industry, um, has a good pulse on it, and has good communication with you yeah. guys. You talk about me calling you to ask about athletes. I got that, you know, resource from him originally. Right. It was, you know, call around and ask some questions and lean on the people that you trust and you have good relationships with. And he has a lot of great relationships with the industry. So he's just kind of a good uh, resource and tool for our brand. We talked about the world's, or you talked about the world's toughest. That was something since, how, what, about five years ago that you guys got the world's toughest? Or has it been longer? Yeah, we invested in it. We, uh, this is the first year, 2023 was the first year that we owned it outright. But it, that model has existed for a long time. Right. Steve Gander started yeah. that, and it, uh, it's been a successful model for rodeo. And for that, for a lot of folks that don't know, it's primarily rough stock. I, actually, it is all rough stock, correct? And it's back east and those smaller venues like Indianapolis and inside those smaller venues where it'd be tough to have, have timed events um, in them. But those, those also count towards the world standings. So it's a, it's a kind of a good deal for the rough stock riders to be able to go and get on some stock and have a chance to win some more money. It is good. When Steve started that and then Tommy Joe Lucia had it for a while and then the Moorhead family took it on and we're uh, kind of carrying the torch here and it's gone back and forth between being PRC approved and not. And I'll be honest with you, the crowds in those buildings, they don't necessarily care if it's PRC approved. Right. Uh, they kind of want to come see. It's like going to Disney on ice form. It's kind of their one time monster truck event. Um, but we also capture a lot of Western industry people there too. So you kind of have a mix. And so it, it works well for it to be PRCA approved, and those guys have a big payout. You can fly into North Carolina, get on a good bucking horse, win 4000 if you do good in a weekend, a uh, little less than that, but good payout, go home. It's the best version of PBR for our rough stock guys. Well, and then you brought up the cinch shootout. Uh, towards the end of my career, I got to compete in some of those, and those kind of took off from what, what they have. The um, It was similar to the team concept Champions Challenge. Champions Challenge. I mean, you guys took Champions Challenge into the Sin shootouts, and uh, those were great for the whole rodeo industry because you guys would take a perf from a rodeo, or you would add, not take a perf, you would add a perf to the rodeo, and you had to get qualified into it, either being in the top so many, I think, was it from the year before? Yeah, five uh, from the year before and five from the current standings. Yeah, and then you'd get qualified into it, but it's another option or another chance for you to win big money and i don't know what they pay now but they used to pay i think 10 grand or eight grand and is that similar to what they're paying now yeah san angelo is our last standing one we had a lot of great partners with the cinch shootouts uh we went to cheyenne and colorado springs and ellensburg one year fort madison was a huge player for us uh with what we're doing in sioux falls the model was to kind of take some of those big money payouts and and work it into sioux falls for what that was meant to be at the playoffs um, but San Angelo, we still have, and it, I think it pays 7500 to win yeah. it now because we added equal money in the team roping and some of those different things, uh, breakaway roping. Well, I'm glad you brought up that it was at Cheyenne because that is the only check. No, I'm sorry. The, yeah, it was. I'm going to count it. The only check I ever won at the daddy of them all. Yeah. Was that the shootout? It was the shootout. Yeah. I got the, I think it was a briefcase and I opened it up. It was all cash. It was 10 grand at the time. It was, it was pretty neat. That was in 2016, back in the ERA years. We don't talk about that anymore because it's old news. Um, But yeah, I could remember going to them and just, they were just always great events and another opportunity for a cowboy to, to obviously make money and support his family. And uh, again, Cheyenne finally got, finally got the win at the Cheyenne Frontier Days. Everybody laughs at me like, that doesn't count. And I said, yeah, it does. It does. It, it does, does count. count. And that's when they shorten the barrier to 20 feet, which now it is shortened to 20 feet because they run old steers at Cheyenne too. So, 
Really, it should count double. That's what I'm going to say. It counts. It counts. Thank you. Thank you. And your partners, obviously, Cheyenne Frontier Days, be able to do that. Um, the committees have played a huge role in, in helping promote the brand and pushing it out there. And looking to partner with more, are you guys pretty happy and content with where you're at? Uh, I mean, we're always looking to partner with more. To be honest, we uh, we want to invest in much of this industry as they've invested in us. And so the 120 rodeos that we have as part of the cinch series is actually separate from the playoff series. Um, but the playoff series that gets you into Sioux Falls, those qualifying rodeos, is the top 60 paying rodeos in the PRCA. Uh, and after Sioux Falls this year, we've talked to some committees this week that are out here for the convention, and they want to know how to get into that pool. How do they be a top 60 rodeo? And it's all about their payout. And so hopefully uh, you're going to see some influx here of rodeo committees trying to find a way into that category, which is only going to add more money everywhere that these guys go. So what we're getting at is once Cinch got their foot in the door in the PRCA, they just rammed the door down and they are throwing money, not throwing it, they are pushing money everywhere they can to help support not only the contractors, the committees, but also the cowboys. And if you don't have those three in the industry, if you don't have one of those three in the industry, you don't, you don't have anything. So as, a, as an athlete at a Cinch endorsee for 23 years, yeah, 23 years. That's just, you're like only 25, right? So anyway, I appreciate that from Cinch. And, and I know I've got to see a lot of the ownership through Cinch, but David Dean has done an awesome job of keeping this alive and, and keeping everything going. Yeah, uh, having a single owner, I think, makes a huge difference for our company and our brand and what we're able to do. And uh, we're extremely grateful for that. He wants to pour back into this industry and uh, he bought the company in 98 and it's, uh, he loves it. Love seeing that brand go on and do things for athletes and, and the rodeo industry, but FFA and 4-H right. and all the other stuff that we're invested in, um, it's majorly important to our company, but there's a whole lifeblood and vein that actually makes it run, and our brand managers, our designers, our sales team, everybody that does everything to grow it and put it back into the industry, and we're fortunate that his goal is to just pour it back into the industry. Well, and it, this is going to sound weird, but it's not, but just... Uh... Oh, look at that skinny guy right there. Uh, just going, you know, going to functions or events. When, since we moved to Texas, uh, we're in Heiko now. Go Tigers. Um, anyways, going to the, the events, the sporting events, and seeing people walk around in, in cinch jeans and, and everything like that, it's, that, that aren't cowboys. They just love the Western way of life or that countryside. And I think that's awesome to be able to see how the brand has grown, you know, in the last... 10 years, five years into that, like you said, the FFA kids, the, the 4-H kids, and you guys have done a great job, not just in the rodeo industry, but pushing it out towards everywhere. Yeah, I, I mean, I said it before, but I truly, I think everyone on our marketing team gets to ride the wave of what everybody does back in the office, and we get to sit out here and talk about it, which we're grateful for, but there's a lot of people that make it happen, and people that did my job long before I ever got here and made it so much simpler to come on and do the things that we're doing. I learned a lot of lessons from all the people before me, and uh, this this company's been invested in trying to do what we're doing right now for a very long time. It, it wasn't a quick decision. No, and again, being part of the team for so long, I feel like I've got to witness every step of the way with um, how you guys have invested it in the right way. And you didn't just, you see some of these sponsors come in and just grab a water money, throw it at them, and say, here, do, it with, do with it what you want. You guys are very methodical about how you place it, where you put your money, where it goes, the, 
signage, the everything you guys have done has been a smart dis- business decision to not only benefit yourself, but just the whole sport of rodeo. And again, as a as a fan, more so now, obviously, because I'm not competing, I appreciate to see that, um, to the growth of the sport. Yeah, and we, I mean, they say it all the time that iron sharpens iron. Every brand that's in this trade show, we're all trying to do this in the industry. So I don't know that any one of us is trying to outdo the other. I think we're trying to own the space that we do have and do it well. Um, and that's kind of our strategy. And so if we'll see something that somebody else said that's really cool, we're all going to build off of that. So uh, people ask that all the time about who our competition is. And it's like, man, hopefully we're competing against ourselves, but we're all leaning on each other to do the best because we're putting it back into the industry. Like you said, there's plenty of people outside just rodeo and Western of who we don't even realize are coming in the stores and shopping. Um, and so trying to make it an impressionable, good brand for them to want to be a part of too. Well, um, I, Jessica, I th- can't thank you enough for coming on the show. And I just want everybody to know this. This episode of the Luke Branquino Show is brought to you by Cinch Shirts and Jeans. Lead, don't follow. That's my good plug. I'm, I have to read, and sometimes I struggle with reading. So thank you for making it bold and, and big print so I can read it. Um, again, thank you for coming on. Uh, appreciate all you've done for the industry. I know not just you yourself, but I feel like it is when it's cinch, it's Jessica Whaler. Just so everybody knows that's where my thoughts are. Absolutely not. I thank you for having me on though. (laughs) Well, again, for everybody out there watching Cowboy Channel Plus, when you guys get to Vegas, come to the Cowboy, uh, I'm sorry, come to the Cowboy Channel stage from 1030 to 1130 and watch the show. Go upstairs, the convention center, cinch booth. Tell me again. 2184. 2184. And if you want to catch other episodes of the Luke Branquino Show, go to YouTube. Make sure you subscribe because if you subscribe, it helps me make money, and that's really cool. Um, And like it, obviously. And uh, leave your comments. Ask some questions. We'll see if we can get to them. But, uh, Jessica, thank you again. Thank you. Cinch, lead, don't follow. Time for some more rodeo trivia. In rodeo, what is the purpose of the flank strap on a bucking horse or a bucking bull? The purpose of the flank strap is to help the animals buck and kick and give that rhythm for the cowboy to ride the animal. It also is not attached to their testicles or genitalia, and it is more of a tickling sensation for the livestock.